yeah. legitimately. Ooh. Uh-huh. That's some Tacoma noise. That, oh, that was... Yeah. I was like, who's scraping a fucking chair? Welcome to the Grid City Podcast. Broadcasting from an abandoned comedy club in the back of a pool in the original city of Grid, Tacoma, Washington. Here are your hosts. Welcome to the Grit City Podcast. Yay. I am Justin. Brogan is over here. Brogan. I have chicken strips. You had chicken strips. Are they uh, good chicken strips? I, I, well, they're okay yeah, chicken strips. They're chicken strips. They may be Cisco chicken strips. I definitely think they're Cisco ch- chicken strips. <laughs> Shut up. And that's Don't Scott over there. For sure. Hi, Scott. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm okay. Are you? Yeah. How many beers are you in? Just two, I think. Just two? Yeah. How many, uh, how many brews are you in? Well, do you count the gross one? Did you drink it? No. Well, then no. I had some of it. I'm like three drinks in. Oh, all right. Cool. This will be a lot of fun then. Yes. If people want to check us out, they can do so. Well, they're listening to us right now. Yeah. So. They found, They already checked. It. They're checking right now. They're checking right now. They found Thank us. you for checking. If you want to actually uh, maybe suggest something for the Grit City Podcast, you can do so. Info at Grit Dot com? Yes. Gritcitypodcast.com. Dum dum. I'm so really Get your bad. Life I'm really bad at this. Get your life together. Yeah. Social media. Just God. search for Grit City Podcast. Oh, don't fucking punch me on the podcast. Rude. I would do what I want. Apparently. That's how many drinks you're in, you jerk. Hi, everybody. We have three guests with us today. This is I a guess. lot of fun. Uh, this is, we've got Ken, Dina, and Emily. Don't punch me on the podcast. Yeah, don't punch me on the podcast. <laughs> uh, we are a nice, fun, dysfunctional family. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Ken, tell us why you're here, because this is fun. Uh, I originally met you a while back when you were doing uh, a, a space comedy called, a web, web series called Dead Drift. Yes, Dead Drift. And now you have a new project that you're working on. Tell us about it. Uh, the project is Penny Palabras, and it's kind of, it's an adaptation of a graphic novel uh, by the author James Willard. And we've turned it into, originally we started filming it as another web series, but we kind of transitioned into just making it a feature film. Oh, okay. Uh, and we're pretty much done with everything. We're just kind of polishing up some of the visual effects uh, in post-production, and we're getting ready to have it completed and out there. Uh, we don't have any, uh, a, a premiere date locked down or anything, but yeah, it's kind of a dark fantasy, urban, urban fantasy, young adult kind of story. Uh, about this girl who's troubled by by some spirits uh, in her life, and so she kind of starts to delve into some, uh, you know, she looks for help in darker places to try to help with these ah. with these dark forces in her life, and she kind of like gets in over her head a little bit. And we have the main star of the show, Penny. Hello. But that's Dina. Yes. Dina playing Penny. How are you doing, Dina? I'm doing just fine. So, uh, what about? Uh, Penny uh, kind of intrigued you when you were uh, brought into the fold on this? Um, so uh, my friend Ethan, who plays Stephen, um, he let me know about the audition, and I immediately uh, purchased and consumed the comic on Amazon. And I, I was like, all right, um, I used to be just kind of like that really like laid back, like really kind of like introspective kind of kid, mm-hmm. um, especially when I was in high school. And then she was also into the witchcraft and to, you know, all that stuff. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> like I love her. <laughs> so immediately I, after reading it, I just like looked um, at my, at my family and I was like, I have to I have to do this. I I need to be this character. So that is awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. And Emily, what is your role on the uh, on the show? 
Um, I play Valerie, Dina's mom. Oh. Well, Penny's mom, not Dina's mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Penny's what, mom. What uh, brought you into the fold? Um, I got an audition um, from my agent, actually. I got sent a script, and it was kind of a similar situation where I'm just reading the script, um, and I've told Ken this several times, and I'll continue telling him, is that I just thought it was really well written, and um, you don't come across a lot of really well written web series for women. Mm-hmm. And I was thrilled that she was like a really interesting character who was having a cool conflict with her daughter, and all, everything was so well written. I was like, this is really awesome. So, so, so Ken, this is originally a, uh, a comic book that you've adapted. Um, one of the fun things about comics, I mean, everyone is taking, a, uh, you know, in Hollywood and such, or like really, essentially at this point, strip mining uh, uh, comics and such. Um, what was, when you approached uh, uh, the creator of this comic, did you, what, like, what's a selling point on it for trying to say, hey, I want to turn this into a web series or, or in, in then eventually into like a feature? Like, what is that process even like? It was kind of interesting because I had just finished up uh, Dead Drift and it's kind of very limited festival run, which it consisted of Gen Con only. Um, but then I was <laughs> I was looking for uh, my next project. I was I was I had written another season of Dead Drift, but I wasn't 100 percent sold on on making another season of Dead Drift. Uh, I kind of wanted to change a pace. I, I mean, Dead Drift took me four years, and I was like, I want to do something else. <laughs> yeah, um, I understand that, yeah. And uh, James Willard, the author of Penny Palabras, is also uh, a musician, and he had contributed a lot of music to Dead Drift. Oh, okay. And he and I were talking about just, like, you know, creative process and projects and junk like that one night, and he's like, why don't you adapt Penny Palabras? And oh, that, so he brought it to you, uh, essentially. Yeah. And so he had crowdfunded successfully crowdfunding the creation of, you know, physical graphic novels of Penny Palabras and uh, and to pay the artist as well, Patrick Beavers. And I had, you know, participated in the crowdfunding campaign and I had a physical copy of it. And I had read it when it came out and I really enjoyed it because to me it kind of explored territory that I think is similar to like a lot of what Neil Gaiman's work is. It's, oh, it's good the, call, yeah. It's that kind of dreamscape between uh, being awake and being asleep. And, and I love that lum- liminal places, I think is what they're called, maybe. Ooh, big words. Um, and and I, I just love stuff <laughs> like that. Um, like, like Philip K. Dick, you know, for yeah, sci-fi. Yeah. It's just like, what's real, what's not real? Um, you know, what's fantasy and how we blur the lines. And Penny Palabras really existed to me in that space. And, and I love stories that take place in that space. Um, so I, I told him, I was like, I got to think about it. Let me reread the comic and then I'll get back to you. And I reread the comic and I was like, you know, I think, I think this could be a fun and challenging project. And I think that's another important thing is that I definitely, I want to try and do some, the next project I want to be more difficult than the previous one. Oh, that makes sense. And Penny Palabras was definitely more difficult mm-hmm. than Dead Drift. Now, is it, is it just because, uh, I would imagine maybe not just because, but is one of the main things just the fact that Dead Drift was a, uh, a single camera shot, uh, straightforward, people are talking into comms essentially on a space station uh, or alien planet as it would be going, uh, going forward. That's got to be... Uh, definitely more difficult than like the shots that we've seen so far for Penny Palabras is that you're doing things on site and on location as opposed to just one set. Right, exactly. So with Penny Palabras or uh, sorry, with, with Dead Drift, we'd build a set and then we'd light the set and then someone would come out, the actor would come out, whether it was me or Maddie or, or whoever else, and you look straight at the camera and you deliver your lines because all of your lines are part of a conversation, a dialogue between people on video monitors. Um, we had control of sound. We had control of lighting, everything, because it was in a garage and it was all yeah. set up. So there were very few snags when it came to once we were ready to film, we just filmed and we were done. Uh, with Penny, it's, you know, it's out there in the real world where we're having to light 
living rooms or or businesses um or just out in nature and we have no control over sound mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> or like just like the the continuity of dealing with right. daylight yep. or mm-hmm. um, any of those different things weather exactly <laughs> like if you're if you're doing a shot that's like a shot of someone and it takes you an hour the shadows have changed in that time mm-hmm. so if you try to cut you know two shots back together you know one's got a shadow you know the sun moves so <laughs> what um uh emily and dino what has it like shooting on location i'm going to assume that you've done stuff before this um but uh doing that sort of location shooting what's the experience like for the actors um just having to deal with all of that and just the direction and like dealing with what's going on with the character as opposed to also dealing with what's going on in the actual world how does it differ for you um, so this is actually, this was my first, um, thing oh. on screen. Um, I do a lot of like theater and okay, so, okay. um, I didn't really have anything to base it off of. I really enjoyed it. Um, especially like with theater, you're on a stage and for the most part, you don't have a set at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being able to be in that environment, I think it also really helped, um, especially the shot in the river, the opening shot, um, that was a cold river and I was in it <laughs> all day, you know? So it really yeah. helped, um, kind of just like like enhance the mood to like to be cold to be submerged to be like in that environment um i really enjoyed it i thought it was really fun as an actor to be in the environment nice mm-hmm. emily um yeah I, I would say it's 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 funny i think uh on on screen filming is is a lot like being on stage because there's so much that feels so real and so much you have to pretend uh, because yes we're on a set in a kitchen or um, in a bedroom or whatever, but there's also like three people standing around with, right now I'm looking at three people <laughs> yeah, with headphones was, staring, at, staring me. at you, and yeah. that's exactly what you're doing. So there is a large part of your imagination that's like, these people are not staring at me, and I'm going to go into my inner life and do my thing. So, I mean, it's it's very similar. Um, you, you don't have to pretend that you're looking out the window. You can actually look out the window. You know, on stage you might have to pretend what's on the other side, but there's that's the fun of being an actor. You know, you always get to deal with what you're given and what you want to make it into. So that's that's the best part. What makes uh, Emily? What makes the the character uh, most interesting for you in this aspect? Because uh, you've got the the mother of Penny who's dealing with this otherworldly stuff, and at this point, it seems like the mother is trying to just to maybe not even know what's going on, but trying to deal with all of this sort of you know essentially BS that you don't know what's going on. You're like, oh, just normal teen stuff, and then it becomes not. Like how do, how, how, do you exactly. get in, how do you get into that mindset <laughs> as an actor to deal with something that is otherworldly? Um, I feel like I, I got a break, honestly, in this one because I didn't have to think about the otherworldly. I got to just deal with uh, Penny staring at me and like her, <laughs> like and and yeah. Sometimes I I have a couple of kids and they're much younger, granted, but like I <laughs> I remember telling Dean at one point I'm like I just got a glimpse into my future. <laughs> it's kind of terrifying, <laughs> like not getting what's going on in her head and like I can my child is a very uh, sensitive kid and I can see this conversation happening. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Dina, how does, how does it feel to have to, uh, you know, sit in a demonic circle summoning other things that, you know, it's like it's the the play pretend part about that. But it's also got to be a little surreal when you're looking in a set and you're like, OK, how do I get into this sort of mode? Oh, it wasn't difficult for me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> She's just well, I, I the did. Demons. I did see you perk up at the Neil Gaiman stuff, so I have to yeah, imagine Neil that. Neil Gaiman. And you, a uh, little caveat for myself, um, all the rocks you see are my from my rock collection. So, I'm, <laughs> so, very, so you it collect was, crystals as well. Yeah, my wife was, does that too. 
Yeah, it was it was just it was really fun to like to use the stuff like materials that I had. It, it did help me get into that. Like, all right, um, so I've never like summoned a demon before, but you know my rocks are around me, so there's a little bit of like security here, you know. So it was it was an interesting it was an interesting way of examining like all right, so like this is my reality. And right now, um, are uh, can you're looking at a release. You don't have a release date yet, like you said, um, right. but you're hoping to in the near future. You're going to be in the. You're going to be at Crypticon, though, correct? We will have a booth uh, at Crypticon. Um, hopefully, we'll be selling DVDs there and possibly some other merch. Um, we're submitting to Crypticon Film Festival. We don't know if we'll get accepted, so we don't know if we'll be premiering at Crypticon. Um, or not, but that's in May, I think May 4th, 5th, 6th. Uh, <laughs> yep, first weekend of May. Uh, in that area. So if Dead, or I'm sorry, if Penny Palabras is not premiering at Crypticon, it should be finished around that time. And we're going to be setting up a, uh, I believe we're going to host a premiere at the Blue Mouse Theater. Um, Ooh, nice. Yeah, if, if the, uh, if the Crypticon premiere thing doesn't work out. We'll definitely have to keep tabs on that. I mean, you guys you guys have a Facebook page yes. that you're keeping everything updated. Uh, I noticed that the, there is a YouTube page that has um, live blogs or, like, vlogs from Penny. Uh, what is it like for you to have to go through those sort of things? Because there's 11 of them at this mm-hmm. point. Yes. Something along those lines. Yes. And was that just sort of a, a, a preamble to sort of get people interested? Or what was the reasoning for uh, doing those vlogs? And that's kind of exactly what it was, is to kind of create a little bit of a hype around the thing. Um, And James Willard and I and Sean Driscoll wrote those uh, vlogs kind of before we started filming, um, just to get something out there, to to build up some hype for it. And and also to kind of do a little world building, Mm -hmm. uh, because there's a lot of uh, information in those vlogs that will explain a little more in detail some of what's going on in the movie. Okay, um, so if uh, it might be a really good way for people to get into and experience the world before you. Well, are and that's something that Absolutely. you see a little bit more of nowadays. Like you saw it with the new Blade Runner movie; they had lots of right. interesting backstory. The three that, short films, yeah, that was part of that. And then you oh, saw yeah. that even from a social media aspect. You saw it with like The Rock and uh, uh, Kevin Hart. And Central Intelligence, oh, where they did all of these fun little Nothing. reversed roles, they they would change roles. Like instead of the Rock being the big bad, the big badass, he he let Chris Hart bully him around and all their social <laughs> media stuff. So they being able to give people the, that uh, that little insight endears them more to your movie. Now it's not just a movie I'm going to go see. This is a thing that I was following. This is something that right. I feel a part of as a fan. It's not just a single-serving thing anymore. You give them an opportunity to be a part of it and share it with their friends in the ways that they find it special. I think that's probably something more and more we'll see more and more as independent film starts to grow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think you you can watch Penny Palabras, uh, the film, and not need the vlog stuff to fill in the blanks or the gaps. but if, if you want to fill in some of those blanks and the gaps, the vlog is a great place to do it. And that's a good point, too, because, I mean, the, the geekiness of, like, like, just mainstream at this point, you see people wanting to delve in and consume all the information, and you've got spoiler sites for TV shows, or you've got countdowns for whatever. So it's always interesting to see how deep people will really get into the stuff that you're doing. That's got to be kind of fun if you get those people that are super, super 
hyped into it. Absolutely. If you can find fanatics, I mean, those are some of the best fans. Um, there was a book, and I forget what it's called, but a good friend of mine recommended it to me. It's called 1,000 True Fans, and it's about how uh, any artist or musician or filmmaker essentially needs to find 1,000 true fans in order to sustain uh, kind of their art career. Um, and those, these are the, these are the 1000 true fans, the true fanatics that just dive into that stuff. You know, it's my favorite magic card quote. Give me a thousand such men and I can change the world. Hey, yeah. What nice. magic card was that? Keldon warrior. Really? Ice I love that guy. I used to have him in a red, uh, yeah, burn. That's his, his flavor text. Yeah. yeah, totally. Ken, you're a nerd. I, it's true. It's a white <laughs> card. <so. laughs> it's true. I'm doing a booster draft next Saturday for heart disease. It's going to be fun. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Where are you doing that at? It's a little, little Creek casino. They're doing booster drafts at Little Creek Casino? There is a booster draft next Saturday morning at the Little Creek Casino. That makes me so happy. It's a $30 buy-in. It's for the American Heart Disease. $30 buy-in, so they're probably doing the new Master set of this next weekend. They're doing, uh, like, three of the new Ixalan stuff. Prizes and that, there's that, prizes. I'm and, so yeah. proud of yeah. Little Creek Casino. Just glazed over, right? <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm like, I'm yeah, excited. whatever. I, I requested the day off so I could go. So, do it. so <laughs> half of us are absolutely <laughs> geeky into magic. Okay, well, Scott, I know that you're geeky into being an asshole. Yes, so yeah, growing your fucking pineapples and Ooh. being a dick. I do that. I yeah. do all of those things. You grow pineapples. You grow pineapples. I do. Yeah. Yeah. What? Why not? How, how do you, how do you yeah. pull that off? Mm. I just, well, you pull off the top and you just plant the top. Uh-huh. I'm not even making that up. Oh, right? okay. And it'll grow. But um, because we're Shoot, in a different, a different, yeah, it'll just grow. I have them in water. I have them in, yeah. Because I, I hate throwing shit away like that. I'm like, yeah. oh, I can make a little plant out of it. So I'll grow it. <laughs> and then um, you can trick them into growing pineapples. You have to turn them on their side. or That's or, awesome. Yeah. And yeah it took him a year pineapples. to convince me he wasn't actually just growing weed. No. Grow yeah. <laughs> he came over and he's like, oh my God, you have pineapples everywhere. I'm like, yeah, they're awesome. Really? Yeah. You gotta bring pineapples over to the house yeah. when we well, have our quote unquote meetings. <laughs> well, they're not like real pineapples. I mean, the, the plants are, but they only grow one fruit out of every plant. Okay. So he's growing fruitless pineapples. Yeah. Well, after they grow one fruit, they don't they don't grow anymore. Fruit. Oh. They'll still grow as a plant, but they just don't grow anymore. They're just pineapple plants. Yeah, they'll okay. grow they'll grow well, more plants I off am the side. Fascinated right it's, now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Neat. It's just really cool because they'll grow suckers off the side yeah. and you can pull those off and grow their own you can grow those and they'll grow, they'll get fruit faster than uh, a normal like a normal plant okay yeah. gonna try that it's fantastic that's I love so cool it. Yeah, damn adorable. so we're all nerds yeah. 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 Cool. See? Uh, i just glazed over yeah. <laughs> you should have there you go everybody's dina? a geek in their own way right, right? dina are. what do you geek out about uh <laughs> you can't put me on the spot like that <laughs> um, various things um i'm currently uh playing two campaigns of D. this is nice. my first time playing D, and it's Fifth been edition? very fun yes really so first time yeah so my first time we started a couple months ago um no like two months ago and then we're just starting a second campaign so what kind of character um so (laughs) i'm sorry i love them so much um my (laughs) first one is a uh is a druid dwarf um circle of of the moon she has dragon horns and there's a whole backstory for that that (laughs) i (laughs) of course there is created the second one is a blind drow necromancer and i'm really ready to start with her wow yeah i'm really excited about it emily what do you geek out about nice um, personally, I, I geek out a lot about things like the Oxford comma, <laughs> Jane Austen, um, You musicals. and my wife would be good friends. Yes, yes. There's the a kinship. Oxford comma. There's a kinship, a.k.a. the only right comma. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I also, though, um, I'm, can I pitch a thing? Is that all right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. So if you, guys, if you guys enjoy the D&Ds and, D's and things, um, I'm married to a ton of gamers. Or I'm just married to one, but he comes oh. with all the other gamers. <laughs> anyway, and I also act in a show called Journey Quest, which oh. is by... Oh, Dead Christian Doyle. Yeah, yeah. Christian yeah. is perf. I play a bard. 
So I'm this Ren. This is Ren the Bard. Oh, I had no quest. idea. Oh, yeah. Good work, you. So that's super fun. Yeah. If you like nerdy things, you should check it out school, on... Christian. There you go. We had him on, what, a yeah. year or so ago? Yeah, yeah. About so. Okay. Okay. Two Back years, maybe. Stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm proud that he did not give up on that. Yeah, no, you know what? He directed season three. Mm-hmm. He did a great job. And we um, just did a script reading of season four at a fan convention in um, Bellevue just two weekends ago. Mm-hmm. So that was it, Zoe Con or whatever? Did you go to that? Zoe Con? Oh, yeah. He just got married, too, Christian. He did at the convention. Convention. Really? It was super fun. Oh, Cosplayers optional, and some did, <laughs> and it was super fun. Um, I will, uh, I will at, at some point let him tell you guys what oh, awesomeness yeah. was at the wedding. But absolutely, that's so much fun. That's yeah. super cool. Yeah, that's uh, what I geek out about. Is play, playing with nerds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna take a break because we need to refill our drinks, and then after a little uh, commercial message, we'll come back and Pay talk some more. Bills. Pay the bills. What are you doing? Uh, I'm waiting for you to talk. You want to play some games? Sure. I know a place to play some games. Where? Wizards Keep Games. Wizards Keep in Games. In Renton. 17148, 116th Avenue Southeast, up there in Renton, in the Fairwood area, right there in Cascade Plaza, right next to the post office off of Petrovitsky. They carry magic cards and board games and miniature games. Pokemans. And Pokemans and Funko Pops and toys. And, yeah, you can get all sorts you know, of Funko all Pops All kinds there. of things, yeah. Like, they got snacks. You can go in there and you can just play. We have a library of games that you can just take off the shelf, bring a friend, sit down and play. Right up there in the little old Renton. Uh, Check them out online at wizardskeepgames.com. Uh, Facebook page, they've got that. That's facebook.com slash wizardskeepgames. They've got wizardskeepgames on Twitter. So many events. So many events. All the events. they got Magic Card events. they got D&D events. they got Miniature Game Day. they got Board Game Day. they got Friday Night Magic. They've got a really nice store owner that he's basically will just give you things kind he's, of but for your money he's pretty sexy too he is i heard that yeah. i was told yeah. that he that flexes he does he's got he's actually got his own instagram called fatbodynerd.com it's his own thing i don't believe that at all yeah he's got a really nice employee named brian that you're allowed to abuse do not abuse him you should abuse brian especially on sundays ask him nerdy questions he'll yeah, answer he will check him out online wizardkeep.com and we're back welcome back Yes, welcome back. We are with Ken, Dina, and Emily from Penny Palabras. And this spell is... that. Me? Okay. Yeah, somebody spell Palabras. P A L A B R A S. Palabras. I, I got it right. Nice. Oh. <laughs> I, be, I believe it means words in uh, Spanish. Ooh. In the uh, Espanol. The Espanol. The Espanol. Peso Palabras. The old uh, Espanol. Uh, I want to get a little bit deeper. As we try to uh, be somewhat serious on this podcast, it doesn't work all the time. But um, <clears throat> I wanted to throw it to each of you guys, Ken. Um, when did you realize this was something that you wanted to do? Was was Dead Drift your first project? Oh no. Okay, so tell us <laughs> tell us your origin story, sir. Oh my goodness. So I mean, if we go back as far as we can go back, yeah. Um, I my mom got a VHS C camcorder. Ooh. Do you guys know what that is? That's the little camera. It's That's a little a tiny VHS little VHS tape that went inside a bigger VHS tape and there was like, like a transformer. Some, some yeah, there was like some sound wave transforming action that went on to make this little VHS C cassette play in a regular sized VCR. But the camera itself only took the tiny little VHS C tapes. I made a stop motion movie with my Ninja Turtle toys. Hmm. Um, how fucking long did that take? Uh, it took. I mean, it wasn't like a good stop motion. <laughs> I know, but still, but still, like any little kid that's willing to do that, there's patience involved doing stop motion, even if it's not like you say great. But still, man. I mean, if we were to break it down, it's maybe five frames a second. So it wasn't like fluid stop motion animation. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess as far back as then, and, and even earlier than that, I had been I had been writing uh, stories and whatnot. And I think the the filmmaking is just a natural, uh, not necessarily evolution, but it's another way to take storytelling. Uh, it's just another form of storytelling, and I think that's what it is that I've realized over the years. For me, is that I just I just really want to just spin yarns, and I don't I don't. I'm not necessarily looking to try to to try to make like a parable about the human condition. I like pulp stories. Mm-hmm. You know, I want I want just fun tales of of people doing stuff. And uh, I from 1997 to 2003, I uh, wrote, produced, and directed a sketch comedy show on public access down in Olympia called "Damn It, This Is Stupid." <laughs> um, <laughs> And so that damn it, this is stupid on public access was kind of my official education into the world of filmmaking because I learned how to produce, how to direct, how to write for TV, um, how to how to put out a show every month. Um, and, and so that was kind of my education. And then from in 2003, I stopped doing damn it, this is stupid. I focused on video kind of as a business. I started a business doing like wedding videos and commercials and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Didn't really do anything creative until about 2009, and I realized it was probably one of the darkest times in my life and that I needed to You needed an outlet. Stuff. You needed, I needed something to, to do. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, I was going to be miserable, and I was. Um, so then I, I found a group of friends, and we started a little production company, and we started making some short films. Uh, over the next three to four years, we made five or six different short films, and then that kind of fell apart. And then I did Dead Drift was next, and then Penny Palabras was next nice. up after that. So, Emily, your origin story. Origin what got you? What 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 made you want to act? Was it just like student theater sort of thing, or um, even more, or what? Again, if you go all the way, all the way back, um, I've always written. And um, I, I also write poetry and things okay. like that. And I, I always have done that. We have po- poems that I wrote when I was like four. Um, and when I was older, I would write scripts for my mother to read. And it was a death scene. And I would <laughs> crawl along the floor dying. And my mother would have dishcloth on her head saying, oh, my poor daughter. You know, I mean, so it starts early. Um, and however you uh, nurture it farther up going, yeah, I you know, did plays in school and um, and through college, I minored in theater, but it was never what I thought was going to be like my day job. I, I have a different career. I'm a technical writer. I work in communications and technology mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, but it's it's always there. And when I'm not doing it, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. There's definitely that. Um, and I kind of had a refocusing point. Um, I don't know, a few years after college where I was like, I think I want to do this. And so I did the things where you go and get an agent and get your headshots and really focus on it and really do it. And um kept doing theater mostly and um you know a little commercial industrial stuff like we have in seattle going um and then the switch to film has been great for me because again i have a family and a day job and working on stage um can when it's not your day job when it's the evening plays and things like that it's it's just such a big commitment so um it's been nice to shift a focus to film and, and learn kind of a new set of skills and and play with different tools in the toolbox as we like to say <laughs> so yeah dina how'd you get your start um in a similar embarrassing fashion, um, I always... I didn't say it was embarrassing. <laughs> no, I just mean with the writing the scripts. Um, so <laughs> my my mom would always get really mad at me because when I had to do my chores on the weekend, I would take like two hours to clean the bathroom. And it was because I was like, I had the door closed and I was acting out like full scenes in the mirror. Were you and making I did, yourself cry yes, in the mirror? Yes, I was exactly yes. making myself cry in the mirror. And it would, they were like dramatic. <laughs> they were like heartfelt. I don't yes. remember any... I could not tell you a plot line, but I did that for years. And then, I mean, I just like on a whim decided to um, audition for a play uh, my sophomore year of high school and I got like a lead and I was like oh 
oh, this is like not in front of a mirror anymore. Um, and I, I did that for fun. It was, it was mostly like it was out of my own interest. It wasn't until the summer of my senior year I went to a conservatory in France um, called Barrage Conservatory, plug it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just kind of really changed everything for the way I looked at acting. It became more of an art and it became more of like something that I could immerse myself into instead of something really cool I could do after school. Um, I think right now, like... Uh, there is a part of me that wants to just do it as my day job. There's always like this really feel for, fearful part of me that's like, you'll never make it and you have to have money. Um, and so that's why I'm pursuing graduate school um, right now for, for counseling. Um, <laughs> and so my, my current plan is to, once I get that certification, then I can pursue it more. And if I want to make yeah. that hey, transition. transition. A, the saying in my house is you feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm got to do it creativity is the most important thing that we all have yeah. yep. what brings us all here today yep. yeah uh ken you were talking about that dark moment in your life uh not being doing the creating sort of thing and i want to kind of throw this to everybody it, was that the moment when you like really felt that you you needed some sort of release and to get like maybe just the fact that you're you're bogged down and you need the, the creative release. And that, that was just what kind of pulled you out of that dark time. Yeah, I think so. It's, I I mean, I think it's, um, I mean, I don't know how it is for everyone, so I can only speak for myself, but life is, uh, daily a battle against the forces of darkness in my own head. Um, and I know that sounds dramatic, but that's true. Um, and, and writing and, and filmmaking and, and drawing are to me, kind of temporary cures or, or their, or their weapons to wield against that darkness. Um, (laughs) yeah, it sounds really dark, but I mean, there's this existential dread that's there. Well, and it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a different sort of, um, cathartic experience for all of you, because this is a, a, a more serious, um, especially uh, as opposed to like dead drift. Is there a different catharsis when it comes out of doing something that's a comedy as opposed to something that's a little bit darker and, you know, dealing with the, the, the occult and that sort of thing? Yeah, it's very different. And actually after Penny Palabras, um, my next project is going to be so lighthearted. Really? You just want to make sure. Yes. <laughs> what? Uh, I've spent so much time, sorry. Uh, oh, yeah, this, no, 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 totally, this, the, totally. The darkness of this Penny Palabras world, like, I watch some of the scenes uh, between, like, Emily and Dina, and I'm like, it's it's so real with them when they're arguing. <laughs> and a lot of those lines from that scene are, are kind of ripped right out of my own childhood. Um, and and then watch the scene with, with Dina and uh, Ben Leotawa, who plays her father in Penny Palabras. And that scene is just like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. And, and Dina and Ben, they absolutely kill it. Like, you know, I want to cry when I watch that. Um, what I'm saying, it's just a dark place, man. And I need to go somewhere. <laughs> I need to go somewhere a little lighter for a little while. That's, that's I, well, I have to jump in. Cause yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. we watched some of the, the clips you sent us. Right. And, and my daughter was watching and um, the clips with you two between you two. Um, she actually said that she goes, God, she sounds just like mom. And I was like, <laughs> they nailed it, man. A hundred percent. They nailed it. What's right? it like? You know, what's it like for Dina and Emily? What's it like for you two to get into this, the dark modes of the characters? Like, do you have to go home and like hug puppies afterwards or like, <laughs> Is it I just... want to go home and hug puppies. For real. <laughs> well, you can do it if you That's want. That's just all the time, though, right? I mean... Totally. Like, <laughs> like delving into a dark character, does it take a little bit of an emotional toll on you guys? Um, for me, it didn't really, mostly because, like, 
There were, there, like, especially at the beginning, there was a lot of times where I would sit down and I would think about Penny and I would just think about who she was and how she experienced the world. And, like, there were definitely those times where I was like, all right, now I'm going to be bummed out for a solid two hours until I can, like, <laughs> get my mood back up. But once once I, like, got to know her, once I was comfortable with her, especially through the process, it just became, like, you slip into it, like, a new skin, and then you just slip out and you, like, pack it up with all, you know, the sound stuff and you leave it with Ken. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't really take as much of a toll. Okay, okay. That's a great way of describing it. I think that's a um that's a survival skill for an actor is I know there are personally, I know there are many people who are very method and you know you have to get in your head and be your character all the time, but like if you can't step away from I it, drink I drink mean, all milkshakes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think the idea of folding it up like the sound equipment is good because I mean, you think about it. You have to do a lot of prep with your with your mics and your wires and everything that's all plugged in in your speakers, right? You got to take it out, you do the prep, you're in the zone while you're plugging everything in. Mm-hmm. It's very similar when you're when you're getting ready for a character. You're like, okay, I'm unpacking her, I'm putting on her clothes, I'm getting my hair brushed, I'm thinking about the scene, I'm running through the fight I'm about to have, the questions, the uncertainty. Okay, I'm ready. Everything's set up. I'm in the right zone. Let's go. And then you pack it up. And sometimes it takes you a little longer and your cords are tangled. But you get it packed up and you can walk away. And I think that's a really lovely way of, of putting it, Dina. If uh, on, on each of your aspects, if someone comes up to you and says, I want to try to get into this, uh, what like piece of advice would you give to people who just want to start out on all of these? Because um, a lot of the times when you see someone out there and you're like, oh, I want to do this thing, but it seems like a giant undertaking. What's like some of the early easy things that people can see whether or not this is something that is really for them, whether it be writing and directing, whether it be acting or just any of those sort of aspects? Ken? Uh, well, I mean, the, the best place to start, I think, is, is writing something, uh, writing a script, uh, short long whatever it is i mean I, I would start with short because you know long takes a lot more effort write some shorts write some skits uh write some little monologues or whatever and then get some friends together use a cell phone if that's the best thing you can get your hands on and record them and and we'll make, find one make of those little videos. uh those c tape uh, yeah VHS. VHS. <laughs> i mean uh, the, the cell phone cameras are so ubiquitous now that it's and they're so much better quality than, i saw the coolest thing than what we were working with before I got really. I was really excited for these guys. I saw these 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 dudes, and they were under the convention center. Went to, went to pick my wife up to go to dinner in Seattle. They had all these little phone. They had their cell phones and these little little tripods, and they had them set up all over this little part front part of this parking garage. And they were very obviously making like their own little music video. Nice. Like they were doing, and they were oh, staged nice. it, and they were moving it all. And it's like that's not something you could have done five years ago. No. Like. Look yeah, at these guys. Just They're recently. doing something. Yeah, so yeah just do it. That's, I mean, really, that's write something and film something. You know, there's film festivals that are dedicated exclusively to films made on an iPhone rail. Really? Yeah. yeah. Totally. So cool. yeah. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I think they have the Wait a Minute Festival. It's yeah. here at the Rialto. <clears throat> oh, I really? Believe. I'll have to check that out. Maybe, it, but oh. it's a it's a one-minute film company. You, you make a film that's one minute long. On a cell phone. It has to be made on a cell phone. Mm. And it's one minute long. It's called the Wait a Minute Film Competition. That is cool. Yeah, it's kind of neat. One of the funny things I've seen, and it's sort of along those lines where it's, uh, I've noticed now, uh, and I've read about this, uh, where people are having these parties, and it's, you need to, it's a presentation party, where you have three minutes, and everyone goes around, and they will talk about something that interests them. And you have I want to, to go to those, right? <laughs> and this seems like one of those lines that where you'd Next be dinner like, "Party at my house, right?" Yeah, you just give a presentation, and you can have a PowerPoint. You do slides or whatever, <laughs> and it's talking about you know what you know Harry Potter means to you or whatever you want to throw How out. How to there. grow a pineapple? Yeah, <laughs> so you can do one about pineapple. Dude, I, I want to do it. one about chicken strips. I, I'm already picturing like just tearing apart chicken strips with that with like really powerful mo- like bum bum 
Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> little Carmina Burone. Are you sad about those chicken strips? They are... They, I verified they are, in fact, not hand-breaded chicken strips. Oh, usually they have the best chicken strips. They do. Today they had a, they had better than average chicken strips. See his little heart's broken. You look at him, he's got sad I'm making face a, on. I'm every- making a sad chicken strip video in my head. <laughs> you know, because creativity saved a lot of time and effort in my life. You know, when you got a shitty job, you're working graveyard security at a place that's paying you next to nothing, and yeah. you've got a girlfriend that dumped you, or a girlfriend that is a crazy person, or another yeah. other bad influences in your life, and you're like, what am I going to do? I'm like, well, I guess I've got, for me, my outlet is painting. I like to paint things. Nice. And just, I got, I went down to Michael's, and I bought myself some two canvases for ten buck things, and sat in my apartment and just painted until I didn't have any wall room left in my house. Yeah, I have and one of his paintings. Yeah. You know who has a bunch of mine that I didn't realize? No. Vibe. His really? entire house has got my art in it, and it freaked me out when I went to his house Friday night. I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit. I forgot I painted that. You've had that a long time. As an indie, uh, as an indie setup for what you guys do segue um you uh i want to know some of the things that like there's definitely limitations when it comes to that budget uh locations we were talking about some of those things but uh just what about the freedoms like is what are some of the cool things that are uh are are, that you find fun when doing an indie in the indie project i think that we don't have uh like executive producers or people with money that are able to dictate what we're doing. Mm. So we can do whatever we want. There's, there's no constraints on, on what we're allowed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, the only constraints are, we don't have money. We don't have time. Uh, we don't have these resources. So, so that kind of actually makes you, I think a little engage in a little bit of creative problem solving (laughs) workarounds. Yeah, exactly. So those constraints are good. Um, so I don't know. That's that's kind of one of my favorite parts about it. it. But dealing also with something that is um, somebody else's work, I would have to imagine that he has some input as well as it's going along. Totally, and and we we collaborated very closely with uh, James Willard on on ironing out the final scripts. Um, and I think he, he and I might have butted heads a couple of times, but I think that's normal uh, for this, that would for make this sense, kind of process. Yeah. Um, but I think the version that we ended up with, we're all happy with, uh, and that's and that's great. I know we expanded. Uh, the role of Penny's mom a great deal in the screenplay version versus the comic book. Hey, um, thanks. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. Um, it's because I, I, I saw that role and I was like, look, I, I can imagine, you know, my, my mom, uh, if this stuff was happening, and I was like, she would have things to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so that felt like a natural... And, and not only that, but we wanted to kind of ground Penny's character more with her family. So we needed more from her mom there. That makes sense. Yeah, I would, mom I, is the most powerful figure in everybody's life. Yeah, and I would agree with that. Um, something that was really important about Penny was her solitude um, and, and, and how she was, she was kind of facing all these things alone. Um, and I think, like... I think in the comic there was she's like a very like slight role she has uh, and it's mostly just dealing with like all of the supernatural forces and I think having that relationship with her mom really like showed that 
this is a, a young girl who is living in two worlds and like even if she could she just like she feels that she has to deal with it alone and like how heavy that is and how heavy it is for her mother and it's the stakes yeah and it's one of those interesting things because i think a a, a and i'm obviously not a young female so i shouldn't be speaking on that end <laughs> but a, as a younger I, yeah you can be what you want to be um but at the same point i remember being a you know a kid who essentially sort of lived in two worlds because it's what your parents perceive you as and then what's actually going out there. Mm-hmm. So being able to throw that out there and thrust that out there, maybe it's a little excessive with a, you know summoning demons and, such yeah. and so <laughs> forth. But it's a lot of people can identify with that. And mm-hmm. I would imagine that this is something that uh, the younger crowd definitely could identify with. Yeah. Um, practical effects versus the computer effects. Yes. You guys are adding uh, VFX. We are. Uh, afterwards and such. Um, what is it like, both for the actors and you'd like to, like, obviously doing theater, it means that a lot of times you have to pretend. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is it like, like, like lighting a book on fire and like it not being on fire and then adding the VFX afterwards? What's the difference between practical and uh, uh, VFX for you? Like just throwing it out there and giving direction and all of that. Um, so, I mean, I prefer practical effects any day of the week if you can pull it off, but there's a lot of times when you can't pull it off. Like, for example, the scene with her lighting the book on fire was in a bookstore, and I was like, there's no way we're actually lighting a book on fire in this bookstore because we don't have that kind of insurance. And, you know, yeah. that's, that was a business. That was Last Word Books in downtown Olympia. And we're like, Oh, okay, so it was a legit business? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I don't want to burn down their store, you know? So, they don't want you to either. Totally. <laughs> I mean, they're nice enough to let us film there, you know, so... That was one that from the get-go, I was like, this is going to have to be done in post-production. Um, and so we kind of took some steps around that. Like, we, t- we had a little light out of frame below the camera that with, with a flickering cellophane oh, in cool. front of it. So the, the light is kind of bouncing on her face. And then when you add the fire digitally to the book, it combines with the lighting that's already there to, to kind of sell the So effect. you still have to keep some of the practical effects in there Yeah, you, to you help definitely got to okay, keep yeah. in mind what you're going to be adding later. Because one of the things that is not easy to add later is, like, lighting changes that fire makes. Oh, okay, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. fire has this weird random way that it plays on, it plays with light and shadows. Um, and you, you can add that later, but it'll never look convincing. Mm-hmm. So if you add that ahead of time, and then you add the, the flames in post-production, it, it helps to work together to sell. I just noticed that, too. Right. What? I was like... Oh, look at our shirts! <laughs> yeah. Going back like, into the the our, nerdy yeah. stuff. His building better worlds. Yep, my, yep. Yeah. Waylon Utani. Yeah, Waylon. You got your uh, you saw the hat too, right? My xenomorph ale. Ah. You see the hat? No, that's the U.S. Uh, the whatever Nostromo. Oh, right. that's the, Ooh, is it that is. The Nostromo? Yeah. Oh, yeah. this is uh, aliens. I love Harry Dean Stanton's hat. Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, Bert, the engineer from Alien. Back to the old freezerinos. Oh, yeah, the first guy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is an alien thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at everyone. Okay. Fucking SpongeBob just All woke up. right. Why don't you go build some pineapples or whatever the hell yeah, you did? Like, what are, what <laughs> you know what? This half of the room was sitting here just glazed over again. Whatever. We're like, oh, jeez. What is going on over there? Yeah, you know, I got. I just went to Puerto Vallarta and got roofied over this shirt. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? No, fuck. I didn't tell you. What? So... Good roofing just, story. Here we go. I just took my family to Puerto Vallarta for the kids' spring break, right? We all rolled down there. We're out. We go out into Puerto Vallarta. One day, we left our nice, fancy, all-inclusive, and we're walking around, and I'm wearing this shirt, and I meet a little street vendor man, a little street vendor man 
sells me some of his weird wares, and then he goes, oh, you like the alien? He points at my shirt, and I go, okay, I like the alien. What do you got? He's like, I got a shot of tequila for you. I'm like, oh, yes, man. I'll take this. From the moment, according to my wife, because from the moment I drank that tequila, I bought uh, an alien predator bust, which is really cool, for very cheap. I'd have bought it sober, but I don't remember anything else from that weird shot. And it was like a little thimble cup. I don't remember anything. Uh, All the pictures uh, from, let's say, one o'clock in the afternoon until I remember getting in the pool at six. Jesus Christ! Had you been drinking previously to that? Uh, Not a lot. Not any more than we drank today. Like I could drink a (laughs) shot of tequila and be be okay. Like I don't even like tequila. But my wife said that like. I was fine. I was kind of mean to one of the kids when the kid kept kicking my chair. But I watched, I looked at all these Seems pictures reasonable. of lunch and all these other things we did during that day. A cab ride. Nothing. Wow. Cautionary the, tale. When going yes. to Mexico, don't yeah. take don't the take, tequila. Don't drink the street tequila. <laughs> Public service announcement about Puerto Vallarta. Or do drink the street tequila. Like I didn't have a horrible hangover or headache or anything. I just huh. thought the next thing I remember was getting in the pool and swimming and going to get myself another beer. Sounds awesome. All-inclusive free beer. <laughs> oh, sounds like a good weekend. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck it. Yeah. Street tequila. <laughs> Ken, Dina, Emily, again, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, let's throw out some plugs for uh, all of the, for the project. It's Penny Palabras. Where can people find information on it? You can find information on Penny Palabras at pennypalabras.com. We also have a Facebook page, with, I believe, which I believe is facebook.com slash pennypalabras. Those are the two best places to keep up on what's going on with Penny Palabras. Excellent. And people can uh, throw you uh, questions. and uh, Absolutely. Generally ask, harass ask away. you. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> and, and then you guys uh, will be at Crypticon no matter what, right? We will be at Crypticon. We will have a booth at Crypticon. I will be there all three days. Um, who else will be there and when is is to be determined. But I will be there all three days. Uh, I have a room and everything. Nice. Um, Ooh, party. Also... Can I have a chance to say one thing? Yeah. No. Uh, all right. <laughs> so Dina was with us filming Penny Palabras from no. April 1st uh, until September, until sometime in September. We shot every Saturday and Sunday, <laughs> minus July, Yeah. Um, because she was in France. Ooh. But every oh, yeah, Saturday France. and Sunday. I love France. From April 1st and through September, pretty much. That's uh, a- her dedication was phenomenal. Um, <laughs> And and she kicked ass and brought it every day that she was there. I never had to worry, like as a director, like is Dina going to know her lines? Is is Dina going to bring it today? Because she just from the get go, she did. I never had to worry about Dina, like so. Aww. Emily, on the other hand, diva. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ken. Uh, no, she was amazing. She was a joy to work with, and I, I don't think Penny Palabras would exist as it is now in the film format without Dina. Um, so it's awesome. I just wanted so to sing sweet. your praises a bit. Thank you. Do you guys have uh, anything else yeah, that you would want to throw out there, plug? Uh, anything else you're yeah. doing? How do we find out about you people as people? You people. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Like, you guys got, you people's got Facebook pages? Dead, or? Deadriftshow.com no. also. All right. Emily? <laughs> Yeah, um, I appreciate you. Thanks. You deserve more credit. <laughs> no, I don't. I literally was there for four days, and Dina was busting ass for months. Oh, she deserves God. all the credit. You, you were a mom for four days. Yeah, fine. maybe five. Maybe five, yeah. All right. You guys yeah. have a pump, she was pump your uh, Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, uh, you can find, find me at emilyromelshimkus.com. Whoa, spell yeah. it. Uh, E-M-I-L-I-E. 
It's French. R O M M E L S H I M K U S dot com. It's all the names. Emily Mouse. Mickey Mouse. I am going to make a theme song to go on my website. You can also find me on Facebook, and there will be a link there. And you can check out Journey Quest. All three seasons are available on Amazon Prime. I'm so proud of that. When I saw that the other day, I'm like, oh. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. So there will be news about a Kickstarter coming up hopefully soon for season four. Nice. Uh, I don't have a website. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you can follow me on Instagram or friend me on Facebook, and I'll probably say sure. It's a D-E-E-N-A-I-N-G-L-E-Y. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> thank you for uh, having thank us. You. We will uh, refill our glasses, and we'll be back for a little, what, T-Town Talk? T-Town Talk? Yeah. Brought to you by the Lindsay Jackman Group. Hey, friends. Do you have a lot of ducats just hiding in your mattress? Do you know what a ducat is? Mad ducats. Mad ducats. All the buckets of money. Maybe you want to invest that money. Maybe you're thinking about, I don't know, buying a house. Maybe you have a house that you would like to sell. Maybe you're going through a horrible divorce and you have to liquidate your property and you really hope that you can get the best money you can for it. Well, no matter what, the Grit City Podcast has got your back. Our partner, Lindsay Jackman with the Lindsay Jackman Group is one of the best real estate agents I've ever met. She is kind, she is personal, she is professional, and she puts her customers first. So, roll by her website, check her out online. What's that website? It is thelindsayjackmangroup.com. Or you can give her a call, which I recommend because she's very nice and she's got a smooth like butter voice, at 253 266 1067 for one of the very best realtors in the South Sound. Lindsay Jackman has got your back. Check him out. T Town Talk. Dun, 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 dun. Brought to you by Lindsay Jackman. I love it because um, that was a lot of production value. We did that. Yeah, we got, we, I mean, I paid for voice acting lessons for that. <laughs> that was pretty close to like, I the, want my the, money back. The Superman song. I was, I was going with yeah, it. You, you I, felt yeah, it? I felt yeah. a little. That wasn't like, Superman. That was Batman. Oh, it wasn't shit. Batman. No, fuck I him. He doesn't know anything. He just grows pineapple. Cause I was oh, like, okay. no, 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 no. That's Batman. All right. T-Town talk. I want to talk about the fact that I went to a place that you, Brogan, actually introduced me to some years ago yeah. uh bar bistro yeah episode 17 on the grid city podcast out in midland midland yeah midland which is like, like a hun- 93rd in portland avenue yeah like it's it- like the middle of the land midland look yeah. at you look yeah. at you paying like, attention yeah. um yeah midland for the most part is kind of uh not a whole lot going on but smack in the middle of it is bar bistro which my wife and, and i cassidy's went- and yeah, we don't talk about Cassidy's. Cassidy's great. No, it's not. They got mini golf. No, fine. Fuck that. No, yeah. Bar Bistro. Bar Bistro. Everybody. <laughs> fine. Fuck that. We don't talk. <laughs> we don't talk about. Yeah, we're not going to talk about uh, Cassidy's, but we will talk about Bar Bistro because first off, they have Bloody Marys that are gigantic, mm. and the Bloody Meal. Yeah, the Bloody Meal. And I just wanted to talk about it a bit because if you want to go on a date night, it works out. It is really solid. They actually did a special uh, Valentine's Day menu that I thought was fantastic. Uh, what you eat, son? Uh, I had they had a nice little seafood chowder that was amazing. They had a steak that was. I mean, this was a, about a month ago, so I'm trying to like really remember. It was really good. I remember that, and their drink selections were fantastic. Well, and they do a lot of really special stuff. Like when my wife and I were first dating, she got all dressed up and all pretty in her little cocktail dress. So we fancy. went to a beer. 
and uh, like a beer tasting that they did like food matching with beer. Oh wow! It was fantastic. It was one of those. It's the you don't necessarily think there's going to be anything out in Midland. I'll be perfectly honest. No, and this nothing is a- can stay in Midland except for Cassidy's. Yeah, <laughs> he always bringing up Cassidy's. I like Cassidy's. Well, I like Bar Bistro, um, and it was fun because I just emailed the dude, and I was like, are you guys going to be doing uh, a Valentine's Day thing? And they was like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll have the menu, and I'll email you the ven- menu when it's done. Do you want to get reservations? I'm like, yeah, sure, fuck it, let's do it. And I loved it. I thought yeah. it was great. I love them there. I love Eric finding, is fantastic. I love that- finding random places in Tacoma, and when you showed it to me the first time we went, I was like, what the the fuck is this why is this so good yeah and it was like legit well i mean the guy has got a pedigree on him unlike anybody in tacoma like nobody can be like you know what i did for a while i was the manager of uh food and beverage service for caesar's palace in vegas like the man knows how to make sure that you have a good time it is weird too because he just like dropped that spot right in the middle of there right and it's awesome like you roll in well you know why because he had the money to buy the building Oh, there you go. So that way he he, he can keep his overhead low. Like, ah, okay. Well, and that building's always been special because it's the old Skeeters, which was the reason we moved to Tacoma, well, Gig Harbor, this area, is because my mom's best friend Zelma's brother owned that building and owned the restaurant that was there, and my dad re-roofed it. Skeeters. I love the name, I love Skeeters. The name Zelma. That's, yeah. That's, that's why awesome. that sounds so familiar. Yeah, and then it, and when, when Skeeter died... They Skeeter. sold it, and it became a couple of other little things. And then this gentleman bought it, and he's just over there killing it in the weirdest part of Tacoma. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the one thing I wanted to uh, bring up is just the simple fact that there are so many strange and wonderful things. I mean, I've lived in Tacoma almost all my life, but I moved away for basically about 10 years and only up to, like, Linwood and Seattle. But at the same point, like, like Bar Bistro was just a thing that you showed me not very long ago. No, they've like only been open a, about three years. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things. and uh, Or even we were talking a while back about the uh, the the tiki bar that I can't remember the name of right now. Uh, Tacoma Cabana, or you mean their new one? Their new uh, one, Devil's Reef. Devil's Reef. Oh, I, knew, I knew there was a reef in there, and I knew that there was a devil in there, and somehow I couldn't put it together. Um, but it's literally like just kind of it's new and it's sort of like hidden. And uh, hopefully, people out there listening, I I want to find those new places or those places that maybe people don't know about. And Maybe so, an old favorite. Yeah, I want to check out more of Tacoma and see some of the new cool things that are going well, on Well, we're going to go down to the camp bar after this. That's Ooh. what I was just going to say. Oh, like, shit. Like, a new place that's different. What? Yeah. It's Man. an old place that's new. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> Brogan, it's an old place that's new. Yeah, it's the camp bar. What the hell is the camp bar? Bitch, it's the old Acme. I, that's a trip. It <laughs> right? blew my mind. I was going to go there. And that then you're like, dirt what? dive bar. And they're actually turning into well, something and real. And here's the problem. I'm going to roll up there, and they're going to have taken down the Acme sign, and I'm going to already put a, a fucking negative mark on them oh, because true. that old Acme sign was there forever. Maybe it's Like, in the your back. grandpa was a young man when the Acme was a thing. Probably. No, Holy that's crap. Not, like, it's not bullshit. Like, really? Yeah, your grandpa used to go to the Acme. That doesn't surprise me in the least. No. Usually he would hit the uh, the the Chinese restaurant on uh, South Tacoma Way in Fifty Six. Yes, this is now Stonegate. Oh yeah, Stonegate's good too. Yeah, Stonegate's all right. I like Stonegate. Dawson's ain't bad. Damn. We have so many places, yeah. so many people, let so us, many things to meet. I, I know that we're missing stuff, so let us know. Invite uh, us out. We'll hang out. yeah. Especially if you're buying. Hell yeah. If you want us to check stuff out, uh, you can send us an email, info at gritcitypodcast.com. You can find us on social media. We, we got a Facebook page. Yeah, we do. Yeah, Grit City Podcast on Facebook. Lots of ways to find us. Mm-hmm. And to be perfectly honest, if you're listening to us on some sort of device and they have a rating system, rate us. Yeah, we need that. Yeah, we need those sort of things because if you rate us, then we look cool. 
or yeah. comment, leave a review. Tell yeah. us how awesome we it are. It means yeah. that we can make Lindsay Jackman pay more for these segments. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I think it's a good time for us to wrap this up. So thank you, everyone who does listen. Uh, for- Tell a friend. Tell a friend, yes. yes. Link it, share it, do some sort like of things. Like it, share it, do the things that we need you to do to help us be successful so we can continue to provide this world-class quality of podcast. Absolutely. For myself, Justin, for Brogan. SpongeBob SquarePants over there in the corner playing with his phone. What? I'm yeah. social media. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, all those social people, comedian. They're like, oh. That was a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, you're a social comedian. (laughs) All right, guys. Um, Goodbye. You've been listening to the Grit City Podcast. Check them out at gritcitypodcast.com.